Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for the Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. And this week, 6.55 has released. We're going to run through everything in the patch. And I'd say no spoilers. There aren't really a lot of spoilers, if any. I mean, it depends on how how deep you want to go into lore and speculation (laughs) that maybe something could be a spoiler if you took it four steps down the lore line i don't know we'll talk about it but we'll stay away from like those deep dive things until next week we will be talking like basic msq and stuff like that today giving you our take on it and all the other news from this week in the world of square annex i'm your host mike Byrne, aka magic man and as always if you're watching this on youtube listening on itunes spotify or any of those podcast platforms thank you so much give it a like a subscribe Thumbs up, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff that feeds the algorithms. But if you can join us live, awesome, do so. We've got chat standing by, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. The website at the bottom of your screen has the backlog of all of our episodes of this and our other shows and links to all the socials. Joining me to go over all the 14 goodness, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. I'm just super stoked that my Packers are still in the playoffs. Let's go. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was most unexpected by their opponents, huh? Like, just, yeah. like what is going on here? <laughs> we, uh, Same we, old Cowboys. We seem to be getting pummeled. We seem to be getting pummeled. Yeah, well done. Then the Steelers kind of started to try and get back in it late, but yeah, they were just way too far behind already. They put in their best effort. So yeah, I mean, hey, more power to the Packers and the Packers and the Steelers are both marvelously mediocre this year. But you know, <laughs> when you play a good game at the right time, it really doesn't matter yeah. what happened the rest of the time. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. next week. Also on the line, not a Packers fan, Mister Paul Berlin, aka Flynn. What's up, sir? Hey, yeah, no clue about American sports. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, are you, are you a soccer golf. guy? Or are you are you a football uh, guy? Just not really much of a sports guy. Most oh, I come on, Red Dragons. Is, Let's go. Uh, the Six Nations rugby. Year oh yeah, yeah. In yeah. The UK, and oh. not as much because <laughs> this just keeps to go to the pub, have a pint, have some free food at half time, and come home. <laughs> I I try to keep them up up on what's going on with the Red Dragons, but you know. Sometimes uh, I do check the tables for maximum. I just don't. don't I actually watch. fell into rugby in high school. Um, just is a buddy of mine had uh, a rugby game for the Sega Genesis. And we were like, yeah, sure. Let's give it a whirl. And like, he didn't know how to play. I didn't know shit about rugby besides like, oh yeah, you're trying to take it from one end to the other, but like, that's it. And, uh, and so but we played goes backwards. We what? played the shit out of that game until we knew all the rules and then we were like just addicted to rugby. You fast forward years later, my son's going to the same high school. My oldest son is getting ready to go to the same high school that I went to. Uh he's obviously graduated now and everything, but when he was a freshman, he comes home and he's like, "Oh, I'm thinking of trying out for some sports and you're probably going to be either football or ice hockey, right? It's the the way he was raised, those were the sports we played the most often." And, uh, and he goes, no, I'm going out for rugby. And we were like, what? You don't know anything about rugby. Sure <laughs> enough, he's been, he spent years on the rugby team there. <laughs> like, so, yeah, rugby actually part of my life. I would not have guessed that. Would not have guessed that. Uh, yeah, so 655, right? Uh, 655 yep. came out Tuesday. We got a little bit of MSQ. Setting the stage for Dawn Trail because this will be the last patch prior to Dawn Trail. So this was the set up the story, right? Because they had not spent any real meaningful time in 6-1 through 6-5 getting us to where Dawn Trail was going to go. It was very Golbez, FF4 focused. There were some there were some bits. There were some bits. I'm not saying that they like totally avoided a main story. But for the most part, 
I think going forward, if you totally skipped 6-1 through 6-5, you really wouldn't miss much as far as the Dawn Trail story goes, right? Grab it at 6-5-5 and go. But this was what we were waiting for, gents, right? How are they going to set up the expansion? What are going to be the hooks? Are they going to be compelling for an expansion that we really don't know a whole lot about what to expect as far as the story, the big baddies, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's almost going into an MMO cold that you just happen to know all the systems for already, which is convenient. Uh, So what were they going to do with 655? And I don't want to get into, like, as I mentioned at the beginning, like the deep, deep spoilers. There are things like, you you know, we're going to the new world to uh, help in a little... A contest to see who's going to be the next leader. And it's referenced in the quests that there are multiple multiple participants in this contest. And through some lore and back-ending and Flynn already having out his uh, encyclopedia Eorzea 3, which is beautiful, by the way. It's absolutely I'm beautiful. I'm just using Gorgeous. number one for this. Um... <laughs> You, there are theories on who the other competitors are and things like that. We're not going to go into that type of stuff on this show. If we want to go into that next week after everybody's had a good week to get through this, then we, we absolutely can, but not this week. Uh, we're going to go through the high-level stuff, all the bits and bobs, and then we'll talk about some other 14 stuff and some other Square Enix stuff. So 655 as a whole, before we get it itemized, Tark, gut impressions. I mean, it was good for a half patch at, and MSQ. I found it to be actually very entertaining. Uh, I thought it was going to be pretty bare bones and just give us the meat and potatoes, what's going on. But I actually found it very entertaining. I love our new uh, character, Wook. Uh, Hildebrand was great. Uh, There's just one moment where I just I just couldn't not laugh. Uh, I wish I didn't have my helmet on. I was told there were some good facial expressions. There definitely were. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the relic is just uh, like it's like okay, it's an extension of Hildebrand, but like tombstone farming, it's just dumb and lazy. And yeah, uh, alliance tribal. I don't have my alliances all maxed out, so I haven't been able to dip into that. And now that Tadarus is finally done, I will, uh, with a little bit more time, uh, get that whole series done this next week. So, what about you, Flynn? Where are you parked on this one? Uh. Just uh, just holistically, we'll go into the bits and bobs because I'm sure there's going to be things that you liked better than other yeah. things. We'll Fast get to that. Fast and empty is probably the best way I can sum it up. Fast and empty. Yeah, I was done in five hours, and now for the next what six seven months, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I but feel I felt that way for the last few expansions. As yeah, well. I mean we've talked about that ad nauseum, like the extra development time between patches and things like that. And and Torchwick and I were just talking about I forget where we were driving, probably to Final Fantasy TCG somewhere. And I was like, look, you know, there's a difference between legitimately not having anything to do in an MMO, which is never really the case in Final Fantasy 14, right? There's always a class you can level. If you've if you've leveled all the classes, there's always Mounts you can go farm, minions you can go farm, PvP that you can take part in. Uh, go do um, uh, the, the card game, the triple triad card game. Like, uh, there's always other things. It's just, do you want to, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I collect minions. I have probably whatever fifty mounts. Don't care about mounts. So, do I technically have something to do in the game? Of course, of course, right. And my biggest two gaps on minions are alliance raids. And mm-hmm. by color gemstones, I could mm-hmm. certainly have stuff to do that would net me things I do collect in the game, and I still don't go do them. Like I, <laughs> I still don't. So when we say like there's nothing to do, I think it's really important to acknowledge that that's not saying that the game is lacking in content or things to do. It's the things you enjoy and that you pay your sub to go do. You have completed to the extent that you can right now. And there's the other shit you don't want. It. I don't want to go do Crystalline Conflict. Who cares, right? Um, so we felt that way for a while on these last patches. I got to say, Flynn, I think I fall more in line with you. I was done. Normally, I give myself two sessions between when the patch drops and this show. Like Wednesday or Tuesday evening or, or afternoon if I can get to it from work and Wednesday. I was done Tuesday night. 
Like, mm. I was done. Fully done. Hildebrand, done. Trial, done. MSQ, done. I, like, all of it. Alliance, uh, Tribal Quest, done. Tataru, done. Like, it was just all checked off. It was all checked off. And I walked away going, I have no idea what the hell the point of Dawn Trail is. And I really didn't like this patch. I really, and, and I might be in the minority, and I'm sorry. I felt like this patch did very, very little to get people interested in Dawn Trail if you weren't already interested in Dawn Trail. I am. And so I was like, okay, setting up the storyline, great. It didn't feel compelling. Tark, I'm interested in what you say because this is actually a pretty divisive topic right now. Uh, Wook Lamat, I hated the character. Like, I oh. I detested the character. And, and that's setting aside, by the way, that there is a huge debate on the, uh, the voice acting, right? Okay. Uh, on the forums. To the point that Square Enix yesterday ripped down a post because it just got insanely vitriolic and transphobic. Wow. And like that has yeah. no place in this discussion at all. At all. Period. Full end stop. You can like a character or dislike a character. You can like a voice actor's portrayal of a character. Or you can dislike their portrayal of that character. Those are all yeah. fine and subjects for debate and something I'm sure we're going to talk about here. When it start, just started getting into purposely misgendering, transphobic bullshit. No. Now, 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 now I don't now, have time wow. for this. Now I don't have time for this. Um, I was not a fan of the character. I was not a fan of the way the voice acting was portrayed. That said, that was something for me that was patch wide. It wasn't just that character. The whole <laughs> voice acting for me, and like I said, maybe I'm nuts here. The whole voice acting package, with the exception of a couple good lines here and there, Grahatia was was pretty good still. Uh, Grahatia is always very good. Uh, but it just felt disjointed. It, it felt like they, they weren't really reacting to the line before or the line after in the way they had in some other patches. If you go back and you watch like a Realm Reborn stuff now, it felt like that, where there was like some disjointed and everybody was spread out across the globe and they did this in a way that maybe you weren't talking to each other so that you could get inflections and things like that. And there are things to be said as somebody who does voice acting, right, for growing into the role, too. Go back and, you know, obviously after the voice actors changed, go back and listen to Thancred and Uriange and their <clears throat> contemporary Sid. voice Sid, their contemporary voice actors. Go back to when those voice actors had just started playing those roles, and you will notice differences. So I have every faith that the the voice actress will grow into this character. My specific feedback is it didn't work in this patch, but it wasn't, at least for me, it wasn't exclusive to that character. And I don't like the character. I think our motivations for going to the new world are like threadbare. Like, yeah. it, 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 and Very bare. There's something to be said for writing too. I don't know, man. This might be the patch that I'm like the most blah about in quite some time, Tark. I feel you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bare bones. You know, once you get past those initial five hours of doing all that content, uh, yeah, you're 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 done. And you're like, oh, good, I got six months now to wait. Uh, and I actually said that when I was doing the MSQ, I'm like, yep, okay, cool. The ship will be ready to go in six months. We'll see you then. Uh, <laughs> we got to build it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to build the ark to get there. Let's go. Um, I don't know. I liked Wook Lamont. I. You know, she has a different kind of naive. You know, we talked about Zero, how she's completely naive to how everything's going um, to the point where she's like a complete blank slate, even in personality. I felt she had a, a, a whimsical personality, but I don't know. I I felt the voice acting matched that naivete. It, it just, it worked for me. Um to the point where even like she didn't even get that the the boss that you're fighting is just copying her and she's like thinking that it's just 
it's teasing her, but when it's not, it's just it's just repeating. Yeah, I, I did like oh. the giant ass Calibri. That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was, was, was really a great cool. monster model there. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I I I dug it for what it was. I didn't expect it to be some grandiose, you know, patch and MSQ. Uh, they're they're like you said, threadbare. Um, I do like the serendipity nature of everyone converging on Tural. Uh, they didn't touch on what's going on with Gestola at all, but uh, everyone's kind of going there of their own goals and ambitions, and we're just we're probably just going to meet up, and um, I can't wait to fight Thancred and well, Ariane Jay. Yeah, there's even a hint that we might be in the way <laughs> Yeah, uh, with yeah, Thancred and Ariane whole... Jay, yeah. Well, was it uh, like two patches ago? There's like, oh, we got our client that we got to think of. And right. they're like, yeah. And now we know, oh, the, this client is clearly about the the, the combat and uh, the tournament. Whatever, yeah, and don't so. get me wrong. Like, I didn't expect, you know, this big grandiose setting of the stage. But if, if you boil down the MSQ here, Flynn, it goes like this. Somebody we know knows somebody we don't know. They would like us to meet. Because they are potentially next in line to be the ruler of this place we've never been to. We don't know its inhabitants. We don't know its politics. And they would like us to come and help and make sure that they win this contest. And to make sure that everybody's chakras align and we're okay with helping this person, we go kill one big monster together. And then we're like, yeah, you're pretty okay. I guess I'll go. Yeah, it felt very much. That that was that was it. That that was it. (laughs) It does feel like you're you're a kid again. You're in the playground. See, around the kid said, "Do you want to play with me?" And that's the story. Pretty much, he's just kind of a big kid. Five hours was me writing the two-page document, running the trial a few times, and going right. What is the threat? The actual law hook shit I actually care about now for Dawn Trail and everything that enticing me is stuff that's just speculation rather than what we got told in this two hours of story. And that's great. That works for you. And that, to a certain extent, that works for me, too. I have, I mean, they're not even on the bookshelves. They're on the table right here because I go into the Encyclopedia Eorzeas so often, right? They're not even on the shelves behind me. They're just on the table. Even the third one, which is beautiful. If you haven't gotten it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and yeah. it comes with a minion. Um, minion. That's great. But when you're talking about marketing a game, you can't market to that group. Because <laughs> that group is substantially smaller than you're going to need to support your game. And this was, Tark, the, hey, you have stayed away from really setting the stage for Dawn Trail besides fan mm-hmm. fests. So in-game, set the stage for Dawn Trail. Okay, we're going on an adventure with somebody we don't know to a land we don't know to help them become the ruler under circumstances we don't understand yet. Uh, And I even was, like, picking the dialogue that was, like, (laughs) very, look, I don't know you, bitch. Like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I'm glad Graha was, like, is this even okay? Like, right. should we be getting involved in your <laughs> politics? And and I'm glad he asked that because in my head I'm like, like, we, like, why are we getting involved? They, they kind of explained it, like, yeah, they encourage us, to, you know, make friends with other nations. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll buy that. You know that. Yeah, my conversation okay. with Graha ended up coming down to, you know, that's probably the right way to go about this. Let's go, but we're not going to make a decision on whether we're going to help or not yet until we learn mm. more when we get there. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this patch was pointless. We could have just said, hey, we found a new place. Let's go check it out. <laughs> yeah, like, to my mind, with the way the dialogues went, my head canon is the scene that we were recording uh, Emmett Selk. Like, this the Golden Cities, like, this is my excuse. This is yeah. ship. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Screw everything else. Yeah. I'm just gonna fight in this place. <laughs> uh, Hildebrand, on the other hand, for me, stole the show. Oh, like God. Hildebrand stole six five five. Like absolutely stole it. Uh, I've been all about Hildebrand 
uh, in and, and it, there have been Hildebrand adventures in the past where I'm just like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. This one I thought was really good. It was very entertaining. It was engaging. It was a lot of fun. The writing was good. I understand there's still some people that just don't like the whole how goofy Hildebrand is in the world of this very serious world of Eorzea. That's fine. Yeah. This isn't going to do anything for you uh, to improve that. But if you're willing to go with the silly and always have been, this might be for me, Tark, the best Hildebrand adventure we've had. And it had a great conclusion, too. I, I enjoy that it wasn't just about Hildebrand and his little clique of, of characters. Like, it seems like he's infected our main character because that choice about us being cloned, I'm like, yes. <laughs> That is actually a brilliant idea. Clone the warrior of light, rule the world. Let's yeah. go. And we went and we met Mama Brand, Phil uh, Flynn. <laughs> Still scary as ever. Yup. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she's back. She's back. Uh, she is probably one of my favorite characters. I agree. In the entire series. I agree. And, and she's used know, so sparingly. That's herself. probably what makes her even better. Is like she's yeah. used very sparingly. It was very. Good. The, show every time. And you get a cool mount. You get a really uh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Map. Uh, yeah, doing hunt trains was brilliant. Yeah, the, just shout chat. It's like, what the hell is happening here? Abduction on a mass scale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Asura trial comes as part of the Hildebrand storyline. Uh, we were kind of speculating, I, I you know, months ago on where where that was going to go when we knew it was a thing. Was it going to be part of our lead into Dawn Trail? And then we found out hey, it's going to be part of Hildy, and uh, it fit. It fit. Yeah. Because I was honestly a little worried about that. I was like, we're kind of ham fisting a, you know, a trial uh, into a Hildebrand and not just a trial. It's, a, a, you know, it's a summon with the crystals and a tribe that is worshiping it. Like, how does that all of a sudden come together in a Hildebrand storyline? They did it really well. <laughs> That's how they did it. I agree. They did it really well. Like but believable. <laughs> yeah. It absolutely worked. What did you think of the trial itself, Tark, the mechanics of the fight? Uh, I liked it. Uh, having experienced it at FanFest, uh, saw most of everything that was there. There were a few uh, new wrinkles that were in the FanFest. Um, but overall, it was pretty good. It wasn't overly difficult. Uh, but it was, it was about the right you know, difficulty for the Hildy trial. So, yeah, thumbs up. I got I to gotta grind that out, though, to get the triple triad card. True. There is loot there. There so. is loot there. True. Uh, yeah, difficulty-wise, I pugged it and one-shot it with no watching of a video or anything like that. Yeah. It was it was really it was really easy. So if you're looking for even the remotest of challenges, you're probably not going to find it there. Uh, of yeah, course, nah. we'll get more difficult versions of this down the line, and that one will probably kick your ass <laughs> over and over. But it may be a little we while. Flynn, what do you Maybe. think? Oh, it was too easy. <laughs> it was really easy. I said I must have run it four it's or a gorgeous five times fight, out of different friends. Oh yeah, yeah. beautiful fight. I love it. Uh, four or five times, one shot it four out of five times. But yeah, a gorgeous fight. I wish it was more difficult. Because I, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking back to like the previous fan fest fights in the what come out of it, like the original Odin, the uh, Gagani Oshi. That people died to them a lot, even though like a good Oshi was on the easiest scale. This was just, yeah, gives you a pass fight. <laughs> yeah, Mister Final Max saying I, Hildebrand finds a way. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Final. I, I will say there was one mechanic for Asura that I was a little disappointed. It was that limit cut part. Um, when you really boil it down, because there's no fourth quarter, you know, there's no front and back. It's just. It basically boils down to a left and right thing. So it's like, okay, yeah. okay well, that's that's kind of boring. So first time but, doing that, I had five phone stacks as a paladin. I was <laughs> like, well, I feel no threat here. I'm just standing still, taking it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't feel any <laughs> threats in FanFest because we almost wiped there and still found a way to come back. So I, was, I wasn't worried about it. Uh, beautiful fight, though. Hildebrand absolutely steals it. Uh, unfortunately, the relic, yep, we guessed it. Many of you did too. It's uh, fifteen hundred more tombstones for a final time. Uh, so if you don't have them already, go do some farming, and you'll be done. 
Uh, honestly, you have this. Yeah, this. Honestly, I will say it's the first relic I've had in a while because I generally don't get into like the sitting there for eight hours farming shit. Like that's just not my style of gameplay anymore. Um, so this is will be the first relic I've had in a in a little while here. Uh, but it does feel like we got a relic too early, at least design wise. It feels like it belongs in the wrong expansion now. After what we saw at Fanfest. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know if I agree there. It looks yeah, very solution esque Especially uh, the design of the Arcadia. I was thinking that you could replace those particle effects with the top weapon, and it would be fit just perfectly within top. So it's kind of ultimate level. Like I feel like this is the first time we've had relic weapons that the particle effects aren't individualized for each job or role. Like they're all the same across the board as far as theme. So, yeah, it's quite a nice unified approach for it. Uh, the Alliance Tribal Quest, I mean, you know, it's cute. It does what the Alliance Tribal Quests have done in the past, right? You know, it's a bring them all bit, together, a little bit dance. of story to bring it all together. Obviously, we didn't do that in what Shadowbringers. Because uh, yeah. that would have been a little weird bringing those three factions together, uh, but yeah, so it's just it's another one of those. Fine. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite patches for different rewards for all of this stuff, though. Right? We got the the spaceship mount, Poo Poo's spaceship uh, mount from the Hildebrand quest line. We got the knapsack. Uh, did you read the? Yeah. <laughs> flavor text for the knapsack, Flynn? No. No, I haven't, actually. Oh, no! Go for it! Go for it! Hold on, I gotta... I'm unlocking it. <laughs> I gotta pull it up. I gotta pull it up. You haven't unlocked it? Oh, no, I I, uh, ha I haven't unlocked. I'm talking about just pulling up the flavor text. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I finished the MSQ. Of course I have it. <laughs> the weirdest thing for this patch, though, we didn't get any minions for the first time. Yeah, I was a little sad. I was like, oh, where's my minions? Research has proven that wearing a knapsack or similar greatly reduces the likelihood of being pestered with questions about how you can carry so many items. Use this <laughs> to acquire a knapsack. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it was great little flavor text. Just uh, nice in there. So, like, I really did like all the rewards. There's an island sanctuary quest, too, right? If you're yeah. all maxed out and, and done there. Uh, and you get what the barding, I think it was barding and yeah, something else, uh, a furnishing item. I can't remember what the furnishing item is. If I'm, I might be conflating those rewards with something else, but yeah, there's a barding that you can get and there's a furnishing items you can get as well. Like it was, it was nice, uh, across the table for reward. I would have liked more minions of course, but, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty nice. It was, it was an okay. It, it, it is a little bit of a downer for me as far as patches go. It is also the dot five five. So comparing it to like a dot three, dot four, dot five, that's a little unfair. But I, I feel like we, this was the patch that I noticed it's some of the <laughs> shortcuts the team has been taking the most. Fair. Absolutely fair. Go ahead, it's, Flynn. You it's were saying the weakest. Or Tark. Go ahead. Oh. It's the weakest 0.55 that I think we've ever had. I mean, uh, Realm Reborn, we had that all that going to Ishgard and the crap that just happened in Ulda. Uh, everything that led to Shinryu, Papalimo for, into Stormblood. Uh, everything that led to us going to the first, um, people disappearing. So, or falling asleep, I should say, uh, and going comatose into Shadowbringers, and then everything that led up to Endwalker was just crazy. So this is definitely the weakest of all of the 0.55 patches. I would agree. I would agree. Um. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, Xbox beta started... Oh, wait. No. <laughs> no, it didn't. No. Sorry. It didn't. Missed tweet. Bit of a premature enunciation there. <laughs> 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 Xbox uh, Wire had to tweet out an apology because they accidentally tweeted that the beta was live uh, for Final Fantasy XIV on the Xbox. They tweeted out, We incorrectly posted news this morning regarding the Final Fantasy XIV online open beta. We'll follow up with the correct date when available. We apologize for any confusion. That led to additional speculation 
even though we already were told in the live letter that that was going to be during the 655 line, uh, most of, I, I don't know who said February, but that was like the general consensus that it was going to be in February. So this accidental tweet did spark Flynn. Some people thinking that maybe during today's Xbox Direct that they would surprise YOLO launch the open beta. Just a bit. It's one of those weird ones that uh, I put it in the, the Discord. The website was still in uh, Google's little archive for a while up. So it's like, well, this is definitely going to be soon if it's the web, full website is there prepared. Yeah. Obviously, no open beta yet. Uh, hey, look at this, gents. Look at this. Man, is that gorgeous. That Absolutely. is gorgeous. This is the Final Fantasy XIV Meister quality figure, Heidelin and Zodiac. Absolutely gorgeous. And I will not own it. Uh, yeah, but it could be you. It could be yours for the low, low price of three hundred fifty-nine dollars and ninety-nine cents. Oh, 320 pound if you are in the UK. Yeah, that's price. I mean, it's Meisty figures. They're even... <laughs> Meister figures. They're always expensive, but I can't justify that. Like, it, I mean, look at behind me. Like, my, my figures are still in the boxes up there. Like, I can't possibly justify that to even in my own head, let alone like to the wife or something like that. Yeah, but, but you get an What's even too. better still that... is you have to buy. A, a separate one of these for every time you want an extra minion. There you go. Um, like, how well, can this, they this just like single character minions? Yeah, this one's an emote, back. so I don't think they... Yeah, this is what the um, apocalyptic charades uh, is the in-game bonus, the ballroom etiquette emote. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Mike. Uh, there have been I, I feel problems for, with this. Yeah, poor Fusion X. He got it pre-ordered and everything was done. And then Square canceled his order because yeah, there was it happened to a bunch of people. Many. Yeah, oh. it happened to a bunch of people where they put the initial oh. order in a couple of days ago when it was first announced, and then they all of a sudden were having their orders closed and sent back to them. Uh, they reached out to support and said, "Hey, what's going on?" And they said, "Oh yeah, it didn't go through right. Try to do it again." Uh, and then. Obviously, the site was saying at the time, I saw Fusion tweeted earlier today, that, and I saw it too, that it was sold out. The pre-order now button is live again as of this it exact is. moment. The yes. pre-order now li is, button is live. So maybe it just sold, shown, uh, sold out because they weren't ready to start accepting the pre-orders yet. Uh, is it odd that I think SE could sell more of these if they were cheaper model kits? Uh, well, yeah, they certainly could. And Flynn has commented exactly kind of what I was thinking. Do do a dual line. Um, you know, they're beautiful though. Yeah. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. But that's but like you, you know they could they could sell a lot more guitars <laughs> if they did a cheaper one and a more expensive one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. But if you do want a cheaper bracket, uh, Square Enix have put up uh, pre-orders for. The Kingdom Key and Kingdom Key D uh, flashlights. That the light on it does actually make a keyhole. <laughs> How does that save me money on a three hundred and sixty dollars <laughs> statue? Because it's only thirty bucks. <laughs> right, but saving so me money on the statue implies that statue. there was an alternative statue I could buy. That's like Tark. Instead of buying that two hundred thousand dollar house, you really, really want. Hear me out. Hear me out. To save you a little bit of money, I know a guy that's selling a four set of Cooper tires that's pretty boss. <laughs> it's like, let me you just know, sell you something totally different. On the shelf. <laughs> hey, 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 instead of buying that collector's edition Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, you can instead save a little bit of money and play Dragon Quest Tactics which is a free-to-play. Oh, wait, that's actually closing. You're yeah, going to save plenty soon. of money by playing that. Uh, it's closing soon. Uh, it's closing womp, womp. womp, womp. Hey, uh, in other Square Enix news, we didn't... I put a placeholder in the notes just in case, like, they YOLO launched uh, an open beta during the Xbox Direct. Uh, and I actually did need that line in the notes. 
I forgot to move it, so I just moved it. Um, because Square Enix did show up unannounced on the Xbox Direct. They kind of did two game yeah. presentations. Uh, they did Avowed, and then they did uh, Hellblade 2, Senua's... Um, uh, what, Sacrifice? Is that what it is? Senua's? Sacrifice. Yeah, Senua's yeah. Sacrifice. Yeah. Hellblade 2. And then they kind of were like, hey, somebody's asking to access the meeting and admit them, and it was Square Enix. Uh, and they showed off Visions of Mana, which we've already nice. seen multiple times and we can't wait for. Uh, this summer, 2024, we already knew like PlayStation, PC, all that stuff. But it will be on Xbox, Tark. It will come out on the awesome. Xbox systems this summer yes. as well. Not a not yes. a timed exclusive deal or anything like that. Yeah, less crying from everybody. You know, more include everyone. I don't care what platform you're on, PlayStation, Xbox. There's no reason to limit like that. I mean, unless you're getting the fat, fat check from someone. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's going to be available to more people. Uh, still waiting for Octopath to come to PlayStation. Yeah. It still looks gorgeous, Flynn. It's, it's a day one buy for me. Yeah, absolutely. So good. Are you picking it up? Are you, are you? Uh, potentially. 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 What yeah. what's what's the thought process here? What's the hang up? Can I afford it? <laughs> ah, afford that's it. what we built. Uh-huh. Will money be available but when it comes out? Game Pass, maybe. <laughs> like, there you yeah, go. That's a, that's a good I question. I doubt it'll, it'll be, be on, on Game, game Pass. Pass I doubt Plus? it'll be a Game Pass. Like if it was on Maybe Game Pass, that, I mean that'd be dope. Budget. That would be dope. I'm not, I'm not, not begrudging you that. I'd love it if it was there. It'd save me some money, but I feel like some other places would be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, speaking of uh, releases, Tark, you ready? It's coming, baby. I know it's coming. It's coming. Get the kids ready. Foam stars. I will. February, yeah, early February, February 6th. Remember, this is PlayStation exclusive, gang. Uh, PlayStation 4 and 5. Not going to be free to play. But if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, starting on February 6th on launch date, you can snag the title. It will be one of their games. Uh, they did this with another game, too, didn't they? Uh, ooh. I feel like there was a, a Square Enix game that when it the day it came out, it was made the free game that we, that month on PlayStation uh, Plus. So if you anyway, if you go know. claim it, you'll own it. You'll have until I believe it's going to be like March fourth or, or whenever when it switches over uh, the PlayStation uh, subscription, uh, and then you'll have to yeah, <laughs> Splatoon. We're gonna get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, it's Splatoon. Honestly, the more I watch of this, the more like almost interested in it I am. Now, Tark, you were by far the most interested out of the three of us because you thought this is going to be great for the you know me and my kids. This will be something nice to play. Then we started hearing um, press got a hold of it at a Square Enix event, and they were like, "It's actually very different from Splatoon and does its own unique things that could make this an absolute blast to play." And now. For us PlayStation subscribers, you're going to be able to snag it for free as long as you remember to click Add to My Library. Uh, mm-hmm. If you forget, by March 4th, then you are going to have to buy it. Uh, and I believe we you. had the price, too. 30 bucks. 30 bucks. And it yeah, will so be on discount definitely. when it leaves plus for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're not, yeah, if you don't have the, the freebie subscription. I'm actually looking a little more forward to this. Yeah, me too. It's looking good. I, I like that, you know, it's not just the paint. Um, the foam adds some uh, verticality that yep. you actually can rest up on top of it so you can build up on the foam. So each match can be way different. It's not just the paint and trying to max that out. So, yeah, um, it's looking good, and I, I'm going to give it a try. Absolutely. Yeah, Flynn, Square Enix would really like all of us to stop comparing this to Splatoon. <laughs> that's, that's why I said Final Max or uh, Baron. I'll get to this in a second. They would really, really like for this to stop being compared to Splatoon. Uh, they were talking to um, Video Game Chronicle, and uh, first of all, yes, uh, this is coming from Kosuke Akatani, the producer. 
when asked if he's bored of comparisons to Nintendo's uh, arena painting blaster Splatoon. He said there have been many comparisons on the internet, but also we saw on social media that the people who actually played it saw that it's a completely different game, and I hope you'll also agree. I feel like the mechanic of having the things you shoot on the field is very unique, and it would be a great honor, (laughs) he said jokingly, if fans eventually give the genre a nickname akin to Soulsborne or Metroidvania (laughs) instead of calling it a Splatoon clone. Uh, Square Enix said that it refers to it as an online party shooter. An online party shooter. There is a downside to this story that I want your takes on, though, guys. Okay. Square Enix did confirm that there is AI-generated content in the game. Now, they've said most of the art is all done by hand. We're not talking about AI uh, streamlining processes to create a game. There's actually AI-generated content in the game. They said most of the art was created by hand. There is a portion of it that was AI-generated. They, being Square Enix, said that it's 0.01% of the game's overall content was AI-generated. Now, whether that could possibly be validated or not, that seems like an exceedingly low number to actually care about having it AI-generated at that point. Like, that. okay, we need two more assets. Let's let AI do it. But, you know, we'll have to see how much... Square Enix already talking at the beginning of the year. We've talked on this show, Flynn, about them being super aggressive in how they want to experiment with AI. They particularly said in back-end processes and streamlining development and, and things like that. But they didn't take... Uh, art assets or other creation, content creation items off the table there either. A lot of people not okay with this still. Like, you might not care how the stew is created, right? Or how the sausage is packed. Uh, And that's fine. You're totally entitled to that opinion. But you have to acknowledge there is a large subsect of gamers that just don't want to see AI creating the content in the games. Not only for those of us that might have more of a respect the artist bent, even if you don't care about that side of the argument, a lot of the argument that I am seeing out online as well, Flynn, reflects more on it's going to be substandard. It's going to be formulaic because that's what AI does. (laughs) It feeds off of formulas, compiles them, and outputs a formula. Um, it doesn't have a random or human, more human aspect. Yeah. What do you think? Very much as we talked last week. And uh, when I was uh, searching for Square Enix just in news yesterday, this was uh, by far the most common thing you find across a plethora of different websites. I think to me, they announced it had a bit of AI so they could go to the Japanese government gone. We got our AI. Where's our check? Yeah, I mean it's and Final Max kind More of agreeing with me in chat. Point zero one percent seems like a ridiculous percent. Then why did you even yeah. use AI? Like that's either not true, or it is true because you wanted to be able to say AI was in there to get a subsidy check from the Japanese government. <laughs> there you go. Where do I yeah, get that check? I'll AI the shit out of this show, Tark. And you got to go to Japan and create stuff in Japan. Then they'll get cut your checks. Send me some of that fat AI podcast money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that how you finally replace me with AI Tark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Tark doesn't work here anymore. This is this is our new host, Smark. <laughs> Smark. <laughs> we got a few hundred episodes for you to deep learn his attitudes, his likes, his wants. Unlike Tark, Smark is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gross. Uh, we got a new Final Fantasy Rebirth trailer. Uh, shows sweet. shows off a lot of the uh, the white haired one winged angel, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. What'd it you think, Tark? Walk us through it. 
Well, I can't walk you through it because uh, I haven't seen it. It looks pretty sweet what from what I'm you... seeing here. I know. I, I gave you show that. notes 24 hours in advance with links to everything we're talking about. Yeah, I got it. Uh, I couldn't do any more to prep you for a show than just do it myself and have you not be here. Like, that's the only way I could do more. <laughs> Welcome, Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Flynn, Mike, and Smart. <laughs> <laughs> the okay, trailer is uh, fine. I'm gonna go to Flynn and Flynn. God help me if you didn't watch this trailer. <laughs> I did not. Oh come on! <laughs> For one simple reason, they have started the Apollo Kingdom Hearts three of showing way too damn much of the game. Yeah, I, I'm like, I've, I've, I bought the game. I got the collector's edition. I'm gonna have that sweet Sephiroth, you know, statue. I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like I don't need to see anymore and i probably should for this show i'm so sorry <laughs> well what did i have this sort of content <laughs> hold on let me anyway, i gotta i gotta show something chat mark and flying are gonna be uh chat these are show notes <laughs> <laughs> And while much of the discussion is unscripted, right? Because I don't want this to be a scripted show. It's not a news brief. I supply everything. Here's Foam Stars. Here's a link to what we covered on MMO Bomb. And then a lol and a link to the article about Square Enix wanting you to not call it Splatoon. And then here's, we're going to talk about Seven Rebirth, by the way. There's a new trailer. Plus, we're going to hit up something else on the Seven Rebirth. This could not be easier. <laughs> and Flynn, you're actually worse. And I'm going to tell you why. You were in the show notes adding content to it. So you were in the show notes without a shadow of a doubt looking through what was there to see if there was anything that you wanted to talk about that wasn't there that you could add. And you still didn't watch the trailer. <laughs> Because I've already played the game, but with less pretty graphics. Oh, <laughs> so, I've watched this trailer, and I gotta say, it's pretty hype. You know, <laughs> the music is just it is is the right volume, the bombastic. The music you're, you're, is dope. You're, you're like really the way the they use dope. the way they use the battle theme in the trailer. Yes. there's a sequence where Cloud and Sephiroth are going at it, and it's like to the beat. Like it was really, yeah. really well done. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, like seeing all the characters. I need more Zack. Like, I hope this game has more Zack. Because uh, after playing Crisis Core, and almost all of them, I'm almost done with it, uh, it, it I just need more Zack. He's such a good character. And uh, Janon looks amazing. Can't wait to be part of the military parade and all the dual tech. God, it all looks so goddamn good. Let's go. 29th can't get here soon enough. Yeah, there are also rumors, and we thought maybe this would come up at the Direct, but with Rebirth being a month away, it would have seemed a little weird timing-wise, but um, Windows Central's Jez Corden says that they they do have some evidence that Final Fantasy VII Remake, the first one, uh, is going mm -hmm. to be coming to Xbox. Uh, there are some other you know, industry insiders that are saying that is going to be the case too, that they have heard that as well, but does go on to say maybe there's a bit of a qualifier here. Uh, I got evidence tentatively that there are discussions about Final Fantasy VII for Xbox, Corden said during an episode of the uh, podcast. I'll give you the name in just a second. Uh, he added, but I do agree with you that Sony and Square Enix both wouldn't want to take the shine off Rebirth right now by releasing Final Fantasy VII Remake for Xbox, but I do think that will happen. Uh, and that was on the Xbox Two, uh, episode, most recent Xbox Two episode. So, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense, right? Square Enix it, it and makes sense. Xbox got into bed a little while ago, and now it's time yeah. to consummate. Yeah, that whole Phil Spencer and fourteen coming to X yeah. uh, coming to Xbox, it's just it's laying the groundwork for Square and Microsoft to have a better relationship moving forward. Especially so, with Phil I'm, Spencer's PR talk. Yep, um, and I'm hoping, yeah, uh, 
the more uh, of my favorite company, favorite games comes to more platforms, uh, the more people I can enjoy it. So I'm all about it. Indeed. On the Dragon Quest news side of things, there's no news. Yeah. And Which Flynn is- tried to sneak in some bullshit on this one, but he knew what I meant when I put this in there. There's still no news on Dragon Quest 12, anything like that, or Dragon Quest 10 offline coming west. Like there's just been radio silent on all of those. <laughs> and Flynn in, put a link in the show, and I deleted it because I was like, no the show notes. I was the, like, the, the, no. Everyone was shown. He was like. Well, Dragon Quest Monsters, the Dark Prince sold over a million copies. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking count for Dragon Quest news. news. I'm deleting that. (laughs) There is still no DQ news. That's a a Dragon Quest financial statement. That's not news. (laughs) (laughs) What else did you add here? I need some news. How long has it been since they announced it? Two years? Uh, Yeah. Well, when did we... the last, the last thing we heard on Dragon Quest Twelve was when they updated the logo. Remember? Oh God, that was a while back. Yeah, that was a while back. That was literally the last thing uh, because they had changed some of the color scheme on it and the shading on it, and that was in April. That was in April. Uh, yeah. yeah, April 2023, Square Enix quietly updated the Dragon Quest 12, the Flames of Fate logo on the Square Enix career recruitment website. As well as the copyright to 2023. Yeah, so that was in April. That was the last time we heard. And then we, I know they did one interview, I think. I can't remember if it was before or after that. I think it was after it. Um, that was just talking about the battle system. And that how it was yeah. that hybrid because I remember talking about that on the show too uh, with Utah. Yeah, I, I want to say they initially announced it this, around the same time as sixteen was announced. So I mean, like Jesus, just, just give us something. That was even before that. So the the new battle oh system God. interview was with Niche Gamer, uh, or not? It wasn't with Niche Gamer. It was a- anyway. Um, that was reported on in March, and then in April they changed the logo, and that's it. That's it. We love Dragon Quest. Give us some news, something. What do you Green got in shots. here on uh, sixteen, Flynn? What what is this? What am I looking at here? So, uh, Games Radar had an interview with Takio Kujiraoka. Yeah, uh, who's the DLC director for Final Fantasy sixteen, talking about the Rising Tides DLC, and we're going to get creepier tonberries i like how it goes i i feel like i feel like i'm just happy we're getting a tonberry in 16. (laughs) just like tonberry 16. uh they've designed it to fit in with the style of combat that 16 has so these are going to be very scary tonberries okay i like the scariest tonberries i've ever faced were in Strangers of Paradise, man. Exactly. Those things scare the crap out of me. Yeah. yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, and then Square Enix slowing down development costs. This kind of continues something we talked about already before, uh, where they were going to start looking at streamlining processes, uh, not just with AI and the New Year's letter, but last year, I feel like I remember talking about on this show, Flynn, where they were talking about um, reorganizing teams in certain ways to cut development costs. Now, Square Enix saying, we're going to take that one step further and maybe get out of a few product categories, huh? No more mid-budget games. (laughs) So you could take that as either go big or go home, or we're going to go big or go home or spend absolute trash on mobile games <laughs> just like <Yeah. laughs> no mid tiers we'll shell out a hundred <laughs> grand for a mobile game that'll last two years but then we're done we'll send a we'll send hundred thousand expect a, like a plethora of voice of cards games how about that it's the not, not pursue horrible. the graphical arms race i honestly i feel like square enix really hasn't been in the graphical arms yeah. race for a while yeah. one Long point time. though really affected them in that regard yeah, I mean they yeah. they were like always the cutting edge for a while, right? Like you were like, yeah, even if you didn't like Final Fantasy, you couldn't wait to see the cutscenes. 
like just yeah. to see, and, and how the game played and stuff. But I feel like they've been kind of out of that arm. Like for as interesting as I thought some of Stranger of Paradise was, I, I'm not as big a fan of the game as as Tark you are. But there were some graphical shortcuts taken in that game to a really wide yeah. extent. A lot of the environments, there's a lot of underpolished environments that are just hidden by darkness. Uh, if you play with your God, Ark in general, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I guess it's full of dark and chaos, even Forspoken, right? Like, Forspoken tried to look a little more cutting edge, but still yeah. fell short. He did what he could with the Numus engine, yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. They need to stop making engines, yeah, that's probably, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just. Time for you to just license UE5 uh, mm. and start messing with stuff. Anyway, Immunity. yeah, Final Max, definitely they, they can save some money there, too. This, is, this does kind of worry me a little bit, though, right? Because that yeah. means that their impetus, then, is to stick with 16. And remember, they said, like, it didn't reach the high end of expectations, but they've kind of come around now and said, like, it met our expectations, to be clear, and our 18 months sell through, like we're we're happy with that and stuff. Like it's by no means a failure. But if you have a world where Square Enix only focuses on they, they eliminate that mid-tier, where does Square Enix put games like Project Triangle Strategy, Octopath uh Travelers, uh Octopath Traveler, uh Visions of Mana? Like, where do they put those? Because to me, while very polished and very good games, particularly Octopath, right? Um, yeah. I would consider that a mid-tier RPG just from a fan standpoint. What do they consider mid-tier as far as budgeting purposes? I don't know. Yeah. So that could it's be a little scary. I don't know. Let's go do Love It or Leave It. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of The Relic Grind here. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, a feature in a game, a press release, something they did, something they said, or even something just tangentially related to Square Enix. And I ask you whether you love it, want more of it, or leave it, cast it aside. No fence sitting here, even if it is something that you're just kind of, you know, lukewarm about. You gotta pick one here. And of course, every time we do a patch review, the love it or leave it for that day does become the patch. 6.55 Tark, love it or leave it. Uh, well, I accepted it for what it was. I wasn't expecting anything grandiose. Uh, it, the word you use, threadbare, just nails what this patch is. Um, so there's, there's no way I could just love it. Like, it's easier to leave it than it is to love it. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to leave it. And, you know, I had fun with it and the good old five hours, but not much there. I'm going to agree with you and leave it. Even Hildebrand couldn't get me uh, sitting on the fence to fall over to the Lovett side. I think it falls short in a great many regards, Hildebrand being the shining star of the patch for me. The rest of it just kind of I'm lukewarm of at best. We'll see how these characters play out and how motivations play out, but I'm not interested in these characters and motivations right now. Hopefully that'll change when Dawn Trail comes. What do you got, Flynn? Is a trifecta this week. Leave it as well. I wanted to uh, be the swing vote and see of it, but I just can't. That's going to do it for our show here today. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of The Relic Grind. Of course, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, we've got Gaming Gumbo, our weekly gaming wrap-up show where we'll be talking the Xbox Direct and everything that was shown there and so much more. Chat, don't go anywhere, though. Right after this show... She's back. What's up, Faye? Uh, I mean, for the record, I would have watched the trailer. It sounds it sounds <laughs> like I could have done the show. We weren't sure if Tark was going to make it on time, so we were planning on just throwing Faye in, having not seen the show notes. It would have been the same. You wouldn't have noticed. Exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't exactly. have noticed. This is going to smark. He didn't even realize that there was a link for them just in case the Google share didn't work because last week and this week it's been acting up until he was already on the show. It totally would have worked, Faye. You're right. 
What are you playing exactly. tonight? Uh, back into uh, Baldur's Gate 3 because uh, we I took out the really big fight with the dwarves with no additional assistance. It took a while, but we got it done. Now we have to loot the bodies and see what's next. Get all those nice. fat loots and don't expect Baldur's Gate. News this week, Larian Studios saying don't expect Baldur's Gate to be part of any game subscription service anytime soon. You're here. If ever. <laughs> Cheers. Flip side, Ubisoft. They're trying to tell you, uh, hey, you should get used to not owning your games. To which I say, yeah. then pirating isn't illegal. F you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. If I can't Pirate buy it, I can't uh, steal it. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us. Flynn, until next week, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me over on Twitch at Whipping Crisis. You can find me on Twitter at Flynn underscore all night or at Whipping Crisis. And that's me. Tark. Twitter, YouTube, all at Turkoff Gaming, playing Final Fantasy XIV uh, most of the days of the week. And you can find me here on Ready Check Radio Saturday night, uh, where we're still in the Remedyverse uh, playing Control. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O. And you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, some Final Fantasy trading card game, live local gameplay, or we're just hanging out and having a good time at a convention somewhere. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Now we didn't think about cloning ourselves for 14. That's a, that's a way to...